Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. This is our daily dose of hand-holding and hopefully soothing words to get you through this incredibly stressful period. We are talking to you at the end of trading on March 31st, and that means it's the end of the quarter. So how bad was this quarter? Well, the S&P 500 was down 20%. That's the worst quarter for the broad index since 2008. The Dow is down 23.2% over the last three months, its worst quarter since 1987. NASDAQ was down by 14.2%. But wait, it could have been worse. You could have owned crude oil. Crude oil futures were down. You ready for this? 66 Crude oil lost two-thirds of its value in three months. Oh, I know all of you clinging to your gold. You know how great it was? It wasn't that great. It was fine. Gold was up 4.5% over the course of the quarter. However, if you owned U.S. treasuries, maybe short-term ones, those were up by 2.4% throughout the quarter. Seven to 10 year treasuries up 10.2%, 20 year treasuries 21.8%. In other words, if you had a balanced portfolio, it wasn't a great month, but it wasn't a total washout either. It was bad. Oh, I forgot to mention one thing the Russell 2000. I usually like small stocks. Russell 2000 small stocks down 31.5%. So we don't know what's going to happen next. We can just turn the page. Let's concentrate on what we can control. You cannot control the markets. Let's control what's going on in your life. So let's get to your questions. Uh, Okay, here is the question from Tommy. I heard you talk a lot about RMDs lately and the worry that people have from needing to take out what amounts to a bigger percentage of their retirement accounts during the downturn. If they take that money and reinvest it through a taxable account right away, then why does the current state of the market matter? That money invested through a taxable account now will presumably go back up at some point. Future RMDs will be smaller as a result of this year having a larger percentage taken out. I'm decades away from RMDs, so maybe there's an important complication I don't understand. I'd love for you to help me learn more. Thanks, Tommy. Hey, Tommy, you know what the big problem is? Most people need to spend the money to live. That's the problem. This is not an investment issue per se. This is an issue of they need their money. That's one thing. The second part of this is that if you reinvested in a taxable account, then you might have to pay capital gains on this. And who knows where the taxes are going to be? And who, there's a lot of unknowns. That said, you know, you're right. If you don't need the money and you, you had to take the money out because now you don't because of the CARES Act, if that were the case... Um, and you did have to lock in a loss per se, sure, you could turn around and pop it into an investment account and be just fine. And at least, you know, you'd have paid your income tax, hopefully not at too high a rate. Jackson from Massachusetts writes, I love the show. With interest rates being near zero, are we better off putting the fixed income portion of the portfolio into cash rather than into a bond index fund? Interest rates will at some point increase, therefore bond prices will decline. I had been using the Vanguard Total Bond Fund, but currently I don't see the upside. I understand the coupon payments will increase along with interest rates, meaning when you hear a bond has an interest rate of 3%, that's the coupon. That's the amount of money you get. 
Since we currently get nearly the same interest rate using a money market without the interest rate and credit risk, why not just use the money market um, or high yield savings account? I'm 40 years old. I won't touch the money for 10 plus years. Would love to hear your thoughts. Well, you know, normally what I would say is this. When you have a bond fund, what you're doing it with your uh, interest or um, distributions and the bond fund price fluctuates, you're reinvesting. So you're basically gathering more shares in that position over time. And so I think the problem that you have just throwing the money into cash is that essentially you're you're kind of practicing a little bit of market timing because what will you do with that cash? When will you know when to get back in? That to me seems to be the sketchier issue. And so I would probably try to just keep everything as is. Maybe you want to keep a little extra money in cash, if anything, and you're feeling bold, I guess that you could throw a little extra money towards your stock position rather than your bond position. But that said, We'll see how this goes. Okay. Rosie writes, I took a loan out of my 401k, but because of the coronavirus, I lost my job and I am unable to pay back the loan. I know that on my my next tax return, I have to pay taxes on that money and a 10% penalty. Will this still be the case? Thank you for taking the time and please stay well. I don't know about older loans um, or loans that were taken out before the crisis, but I think that what you should do is contact the provider of the plan and do a little research to see what happens to that loan. And I think I think you'll probably will get a reprieve, at least from the penalty. I think you're also going to get some time to pay the taxes on the money because you have been impacted by the virus. So I think you're going to be in better shape than you believe. I just don't know the details of how this is going to be handled on this case because I, I don't know about how, how this will affect folks who have already taken a loan. Jeff writes, um, good morning, Jill. My wife took money out from a 401k in 2019 and it put our income over the over $180,000. We typically make nowhere near that. Will this factor into the calculation for payment? We have already filed our 2019 taxes. Uh, yeah, you're screwed. I don't think you're getting that stimulus. If you hadn't filed yet, you could go back to 2018, but then they would just adjust it. So I don't know why you took the money out in the first place, but uh, you're not going to get $1,200. That's at least how I read that. Laura writes, I'm trying to refinance the mortgage on my primary residence now that my credit has improved. And uh, we've made all of our payments on time for over the past two years. I want to take advantage of lower interest rates. However, I'm told by my mortgage advisor that my credit score is too low to refinance when my FICO scores are 700 or just below. What? You should be able to refi. How do you, fi- how do you find your credit score? Well, first of all, number one, a lot of credit scores are available on credit card accounts and bank statements now. So I would check there. But I might actually... Hey, Mark... Send her Mortgage Mike's info and see if he can help her out. Okay, question. This is from Normand. We're a married couple. Our income is about $99,000 a year. In 2019, we moved, and because my husband was taking a large pay cut, we cashed out a 401k, and that made our AGI $235,000 on our 29 taxes. Does that mean you will not get a stimulus check? Yeah, no, you will not. Why is everybody taking money out of their retirement accounts? That's a bigger question that I would like to put out there. Why, why, why? Okay, it's Jillian from New Jersey. My husband and I listen and discuss your podcast. 
the new policy is that we don't have to take our required minimum distribution this year, but my husband and I have already taken our full RMDs, which significantly increased our income. Doesn't seem fair that for 2020, we will be penalized with a higher income and a higher tax bracket and higher Medicare expense that if we had known, we would not have taken our RMDs. Is there any recourse for this situation? Maybe talk to your broker. I wonder if you can recharacterize an RMD. I wonder. I doubt it, but you might as well try. What the hell? I mean, certainly worth it. But you know what? Don't cry. There's a lot of people suffering. You're crying about your higher tax bracket. So let's get everything, you know, a little bit right size there. Vicky writes that my brother is advising me to take all of my liquid cash out of financial institutions. Is that a good idea? It's $80,000. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Your brother's wrong. Financial institutions are just fine. There's no reason for you to do that. And you've got less than the FDIC amount. So even if your financial institution were to fail, which is highly unlikely, there would be insurance for you to cover that. Okay. Joseph writes, I love the show. I used to listen to every single episode on my commute, but now that I'm working from home, it's been more difficult trying to binge while doing the dishes. We're there with you. My question is about federal tax payments. I e-filed before the extension was known and I owe about $6,000. The deduction date was set at April 14th and I checked with my accountant. He said it can't be changed. When I called the IRS though, they said I could cancel and then resubmit. Yeah, do that. I mean, well, wait a second. He says, I don't really need the money, but it would be nice to keep the cash for a bit longer in these troubled times. I mean, yes, then I would, then I would do that to keep that cash. It's funny that your accountant, I wonder if you don't have an accountant, you might have a tax filer, but it's fine to keep a little extra cash on hand. Another question Joe has is about interest rates. We are due to replace our aging car. Wondering if auto loans are rock bottom now. Do I wait a few more months? I have excellent credit. Auto loans are not rock bottom, but you know what? The price of, I would wait. I'll tell you why. Because I think this could be a good year to buy a car because I think these car dealers are going to get killed. And I think that you're going to find some better options by waiting. I even may actually accelerate buying a car. I'm going to get Mark and I'm going to get the car you have, but the fancier version, Mark. This is what I did last time. I bought a car on December 30th and I killed it on my price. It was great. Uh, I did call our friend from Consumer Reports <laughs> uh, and while I was at the dealer. Anyway, here is our final email of today's program. It's from Tommy, and the subject is thank you because Mark likes to end on a high note. Tommy writes, I want to thank you for taking the time every morning to give me hope and the facts about business during this crisis. We are a year-old startup boutique flower shop in Texas. We are, were doing extremely well until all this happened. We are just making enough money now to pay the bills. I appreciate you giving me hope to keep my business up and running. Thank you, Tommy, from the Urban Country Flower Company. So everyone listening in Texas... Call them up and see if you can give them some business. The Urban Country Flower Company. Nice place to end. Mark, can't believe this quarter's over. It just seems, it seems like, it seems like 10 years. Uh, you uh, know that we are here for you and we know that there are going to be a lot of ups and downs over the coming quarter and the news is going to be really hard to digest. We're going to help give you some context for that. We're going to hold your hands. We are going to be hopefully a bit of a lifeline just in terms of financial advice and economic advice. If you have a question, do not hesitate. Just send us an email. It's askjill at jillonmoney.com. 
forward this to your friends and let them know that there are resources out there. Jill on Money, you can subscribe to us on Apple, Stitcher, Radio.com, Google Play, anywhere else you find your favorite podcast. We thank you very much for tuning in. We will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.